D'Lo Brown, color commentator for Impact Wrestling. And right here, right now, you are listening to live and in color, my dog, Wolfie D. You better recognize. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once more to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Today, we welcome a former WWF Intercontinental Champion, a four-time European Champion, and the longest active member of the Nation of Domination. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, D'Lo Brown. D'Lo, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing today? You know, Wolfie's been forever, bro. I can't wait to sit and talk and reminisce and just, uh, you know, catch up. So I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely, D'Lo, man. Uh, wow. When I when I uh, reached out to you and said, hey, man, I got something going on, and you said, hey, man, I can't wait to come on. That, that That's awesome, man. D'Lo, I couldn't get on how are you? Bro, I am Bro, good. I, right now, I'm right here in Nashville, Tennessee. We just finished up our, um, our tapings for the, for, the for the month here. here. Month here. I'm about to head I'm back home with that. Hey. So let's go with this, man. Me and you, I think we met when you were in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and mm-hmm. uh, PG-13 came in there. Uh, we were doing the USWA versus Smoky Mountain, and uh, you were there. First time I met you. And then uh, all of a sudden, I mean, honestly, this is what I feel about you is that, like, I knew you then. And then we all of a sudden showed up to WWE or, or WWF back then, uh, and and so it was me, Jamie, you, uh, a couple other guys in suits, Clarence Mason, of course Ron, you know all mm-hmm. that stuff. So we showed up, and I was like, okay, what the shit, man? This is like, okay, D-Lo's the only guy that can work. Me and Jamie can work. So what, uh, my question to that is, what did you think when we showed up and and the whole thing? Like, what did you think? I, like, I, I had no I clue what was expected of me or of us. And, you know, I knew that Clarence Mason was, you know, not a trained wrestler. I knew his boys weren't. So I'm like, the nation was getting all this heat on people, but the baby faces had never get any of that. So it quickly came to me going, I must be the bump guy. I'm going to be the bump guy. That's it. I'm the bump guy. But you know, the funny thing is, that fucking turned out to be you not be the bump guy. <laughs> me and Jamie were the bump guys. Yes, because they, they would bump me, but then they started bumping you because they had more fun throwing you guys around. <laughs> right? <laughs> like I said, uh, uh, back in the day, you and me met in uh, Smoky Mountain. It was you and yep. uh, uh, Killer Kyle, I think, was your partner or something like that? It was Killer Kyle, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Because the gangsters yeah. had just moved on to ECW. New Jack Mustafa right. just moved on. Right. What did you feel like when we showed up, man? uh, It was 1996. It was Survivor Series. 
you know, and we showed up, and this was the first thing of the nation's domination. Me and Jamie got there, and, and we had actually, like, I don't know, a month or two months before, they they shot us up there, and I wrote the rap, and it was the, uh, we are the nation of domination. And then Vince mm-hmm. comes out and watches us do that. It actually got fucked up, and I could tell a whole story about that because Jim Johnson, like, changed the music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Honestly, D'Lo, what did you think when you saw that? Because when I showed up, I'll be honest, when I showed up, it was like, I know D'Lo, I don't know Clarence Mason, I don't know these other dudes that are in suit. <laughs> so what did you think about the whole thing? And you know what I mean? Because honestly, you protruded onto, I mean, European champion. You did all this cool stuff. What did you think at the first of this shit? I, I once again, I, I, I didn't know what to even wrap my brain around. You know, here you are one week, you know, you're in Puerto Rico. The next week, you know, we're in the biggest stage of the world. Uh, and they're putting this group together, and you got this, you got, it's not a black group, it's not a white group, it's just this group of angry, you know, SOBs who rated to be up wrestling, and then you, you got you got Crush and Savio and, and Ron standing there looking like, like grown-ass men, yeah. and then you've got your own, you've got your own intro rappers bringing you out. I mean, I'm like, this right. stuff is crazy. <laughs> right. But would that it's work? Crazy. Uh, but right, would that work today? Hell no. No, I, I don't. I, I don't think it would even come close to playing today. Hell no, it wouldn't work. You got, you got me and Jamie, two little white guys rapping, and then you got a guy in the middle, Farouk, throwing right. the black power. Uh, it would, you never play in today's wrestling. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely, and, and, you know, for for a lot of good reasons, it wouldn't work. But you know, I'm just saying that it, it was it was perfect for the time it was in, and I'm glad yeah. it was there. Yeah, man, me too. So, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah, what do you think about that? I I, I loved it. I mean, I think between Smoky Mountain and USWA, those are the last of the two territories. You know, and absolutely, and absolutely, they held they held on to Tennessee. Firm, you know, and, and I think Smokey Mountain was ahead of his time, just like I think USWA was. I mean, think of all the stars that have come out of those two territories who've gone to become international superstars. Yeah, I mean that's, that's all you need to know about it, the strength of a territory is it's, it's measured by the strength of those who went on and did more after. So I, I love Smokey Mountain. I love Jim Cornette as, as, as a teacher, as a mentor. Um, and, I, and I enjoyed that exposure to the business there. Yes. I mean, and the thing you got to say is, man, Smoky Mountain, it, it it went out of business. God, I feel like they should have went out of business next to USWA. But if you remember the PG-13 versus Rock and Roll Express, the, the whole mm-hmm. Smoky Mountain invasion, all that kind of shit, that kept uh, USWA alive, and, uh, you know, it kept going. And I thought Cornette could do it back in Knoxville, and I'm not sure why he didn't or, you know, it's a money-backer thing or whatever. What are your thoughts on that? Why, what happened there? I think, I, think, I think Cornette started getting more and more involved in the office in New York. 
and it was just it was just pulling too much of his time back and forth. And you know, one thing had to go, um, and that's a shame. Um, but you know, he was, you know, that was what was paying his bills. You know, so he had to go do what he had to do. Um, yeah. I wish, I wish, I wish he could have kept Smokey alive. I just for nostalgia pop. I love Smokey, and wish I could have seen it go longer. And I wish I had the ability to go back after becoming a success somewhere else, like a lot of other people did. Right. So let me ask you this: What do you feel on wrestling today? What are we doing? How are we? I am. I am excited about where wrestling is going because never before we had this many open door policies where companies are letting other people walk through the door, so you get these dream matchups. Um, do you ever, do you ever think on a on an Impact show you'd see AEW represented, New Japan represented, Impact represented, AAA represented? I mean. That's a lot that you can bring to the door on a weekly basis. So, and it feels like wrestling is going through this this renaissance right now. If you look what AEW is doing by shocking the wrestling world every week by bringing in you know a huge name. Um, if you look at what Impact's doing is is going out there and competing against you know the larger the larger companies, and we're we're we're, we're creating our own little niche. And then you look. Like New Japan is set up doing house shows in America. I mean, yeah. wrestling is doing some work right now, and um, the guys have never been more athletic. They have never been more gifted. Uh, I still think it's a little bit of we need a little more old school brought back to to give them a little more direction. But I love the marriage of what's happening right now and. Once again, it feels like wrestling is going through a bit of a renaissance. What are your What are you feeling on that? No, I love that. I love what you say. Like when you said that, like my heart pounded. Give it a little more of old school. But the thing mm-hmm. is, who's going to show them that, man? That's you know. I, I mean, Dilo, I'm out of it for a minute, man, and I don't know who can show them that. But mm-hmm. there's a god dang formula that. It's the same thing over and over again, and you know that. I mean, when I say that, I'm sure your heart pounds or something. Mm -hmm. Fuck, man, just give them that little bit of something that it's still the same. Yes, God bless. We love you for doing the, you know, triple flips or whatever, but (laughs) God darn it, just sell it for a minute and just do this and do that. Who's there to do that for them? You know what I mean? You know, Who's there to do that for him? Luckily here at Impact, I'm, I'm here as an agent, and, and I I impart on all my talent. Even when they when they come with me with certain things, I say, can we try this, this, and this, just to add in that, you know, cohesion of realism and get that feeling of a, a competitive event as opposed to a display of gymnastics. Yes. Um, and, I, I man, I'm going to tell you something. I watched, uh, and I mean, at my dealership, uh, you know, I, I sell cars and stuff, and uh, we have a, a, a TV that we can put whatever on. And I watched Ring of Honor, and I, I'm not going to say anybody's name because honestly, I don't remember it. But it was two little guys that were like, and and me and Jamie were little guys, so I can't like say that and be like. Oh, it was because they were little guys. It wasn't because they were little guys. 
but it was two little guys that it looked like they were like dancing, but we say that, yes, I want to dance with this guy, but it looked like they were dancing and the next move, can you please help me do this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, Dilo? It's, it's just like, I know exactly what you're talking about because, okay, you and Jamie were little guys, but your fundamentals were rooted in Memphis. And Lawler's not going to let ballet happen on his show. Right. You've got to wrestle. You got It's got to look like a sport. It's got to look like two guys going out there competing against each other. So your guys' fundamentals were there. So when you guys did uh, go above the ropes and elevate the game up, it was in the context of, you know, you're not looking like you're helping someone do it. You're not assisting them. You're And you're doing it in a way where it's a crossbody up the top, where it's, I'm throwing all my weight to you to knock your ass down. Right. You know, right. there's the difference. And and so you guys, your fundamentals were sound coming from Memphis, bro. If you can't you can't stand Memphis if you ain't got no foundation. Hell no. <laughs> they fire you quick. <laughs> the turnover rate down there was huge because guys would come in, couldn't work, they'd blow them right out. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. One of the questions I've always asked is, you know, Shawn Michaels held the title, Triple H held the title, but I felt like your run with the European title really legitimized that title. Do you have any idea why they decided to scrap it, or was it essentially just an extra title? Uh, I just think it was an extra title that they were probably trying to consolidate down because there's too many champions on the roster at one point, which um, right. compared to today, it, there was no champions on the roster compared to today because everybody's got a belt today. Um, right. But, I, I mean, I know for me, that European title, and I know it was for me and the guys, because it was our opportunity to go out there and, and show we could go. And so we right. created the European title like a world title. And I think that's why yeah. it started to get that feel because anytime two of us are going there and compete for it, we busted our asses to prove that title, give it its worth, and prove that it meant something. So if you go right. back and look at some of the, the European title matches, there's some of the best work on the show. And we took pride in that. Yeah, and you can tell. And and I loved when you would say, I'm the champion of Europe. You know, that was awesome. Was that an ad lib of yours? That was mine. That was just an ad lib that I, I yeah. blew out. It just came out. You know, most of the great things in wrestling, and, and, and Wolfie will attest to this, 
You don't think about them. They just happen in the moment. And you don't think right. they're going to be special, and then you say it, and people go, oh, damn, that's good. Keep doing it. Dude, that, that is a uh, perfect example, and I've said this a thousand times, man. The people that get over are the people that are just a little extension of themselves. Mm-hmm. It, like like D-Lo just said, I mean, man, like Stone Cold, it, it's like a few, it's going to get over. There comes that X factor. It's, mm-hmm. it's Hulk Hogan. It's Stone Cold. It's The Rock. Yeah. There's that third person that that does that thing that man. It just it takes it from the the wrestling people that are gonna watch all the time, and then there's that person. It takes it to that another level. Yeah, and and you know this: the greatest characters, the greatest gimmicks, aren't really gimmicks. They're just no. that person magnified a thousand times. Absolutely. And, and that was one of, I thought, your strength, Devo. One thing I remember also, it was a great moment on Raw. You know, Ron had just fired Savio Vega, and he had just fired Crush, and they're sitting in the locker room kind of licking their wounds. They're pretty ticked off. And then you all are standing out in the ring, and it's Ron, and basically you've got you, and you've got the lackeys, and then you've got Clarence Mason. And so Ron is just kind of picking off people. He's like, Crush, Savio, you're gone. Then he's like, as a matter of fact, you guys behind me, y'all are gone. I don't need y'all. Y'all don't do anything. And then you you almost feel like he's going to fire you, and then he fires mm-hmm. Clarence Mason. That, to me, is one of the greatest moments of the nation of domination because I think it really solidifies your place in that faction. Give me some memories about that. That was an important day for me because that was the first time uh, creative was really allowing me to show personality and show range. So I remember when that was presented to us, they're like, and D'Lo, just, you need to be like, you know, you're getting fired. You know, you're getting fired. But then when he fires everybody else and keeps you, you just won the lottery. You need to let everybody know that. So I was like, okay. And my right. facials in that were of that. So I was, I was out. I knew I was out. And I told the story of my face that, okay, I'm just waiting for him to say my name. Here I go. And then when he yeah. told, he told Clarence he was fired, I pepped up, popped my glasses up, grabbed the rope. Get the step in, you know, and you change your whole attitude around it. And I remember coming to the back, and they were like, I, it was Russo. He goes, you know, I think I, today you became a star. And I was like, what did I do? He goes, you, wait till you see it back on. And then the camera was right there on me. So it gave yeah. me a lot of chance to show people. I wasn't just a blank face in the background. I could actually create a moment out there with guys like Ron and, and everyone else. So um, that's a pivotal day for me because everything changed for me after that day. Was there a point, D'Lo, where you went, Wolfie and Jamie are done? I mean, let's talk about that. Was there a point when you went, God, they just, you know, sucker punched themselves? Oh, you know, and and and, and real's real. I always be real. I was like, man, Jamie and Wolfie, I love them. I've known them since Memphis, but man, they they, they and I was using the word they party too much and they couldn't control the demons. And like, right. yes, they shot themselves in the foot. I'm like, this, this gravy train is gonna roll. Just hold on. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 then when it finally came down, I was like, golly, like you guys added such an element to the nation. Uh, in in the, in that beginning where it made it different. Like I hear all the time now, people still ask me, man, who are the two white rappers? Where did they go? What happened? I'm like Jamie and Wolfie, and I was like, they're the best workers of the bunch. I was like, they're the best workers in a bunch, golly. Yeah. 
but it just <laughs> just just things happen, and I'm like, yeah, I know, man. It was it was I, funny, I, man. I've said that funny. a thousand times. Like Jamie, we'll be the best workers of anyone in this ring, calling ourselves the nation. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. That's funny. Uh, tell me some more about uh, like because you came to you came to Memphis, right? I came to Memphis a couple times. I remember, and the first time I came to Memphis, you guys didn't even know I was there. New Jack and I just on a whim say, hey, man, you want to ride down to the pyramid and, and go see some Memphis? And I'm like, go see some USWA. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's go down there. Because, you know, I think we were going to talk to Lowell about maybe coming down or doing something. And I forget who you guys were working. But the building was packed. I mean, there's 10,000 people in this, in this building. You know what's funny? I, I, I can probably I can probably uh, dictate this for you. Uh, if New Jack was there, because me and Jamie left and we went to uh, Mexico, and they uh-huh. brought New Jack in, and they called him. They had some other dude that was white, and they called it New Jack and Homeboy. Yeah, <laughs> you remember that? This, yeah, because that was his first gimmick. Yeah, this was after we, we were already in Smoky Mountain, and I, I forget who you guys are wrestling, but I remember watching you guys come out. And I I heard of you, I'd seen you guys in magazines, stuff like that, but I'd never seen you guys live, live. Right. And, and I remember you two coming out there, and you walked on some tables, and the crowd went crazy, and you were just doing your entrance with the hubcap and just rolling. And I'm like, these SOBs got these people eating out the palm of their hands. Look at this! <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah. And and all I could think of was I would love to get in there and and, and get there with you guys to experience that like work against you guys and 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 feel that that energy that vibe. I was like, this is awesome. And that was That's the first time I saw you guys work live, and I was like, golly, you can just see, you can feel, you can almost taste it when someone's got it. Yeah. You guys. Had it in spades. Yeah, and I'll tell it. you, man. When we uh, we worked um, ECW, Tommy Dreamer, uh, he said to us, he said, "Man, every time you guys walk to the ring, you guys are like wrestlers. Nobody else we have are like wrestlers." He said, "You go to the ring and you're like wrestlers," and I just took that as such a god dang compliment. Is I don't know. There was some, me and Jamie just had that. And the only thing, and, and, and D'Lo, you, you may remember this, uh, me and Brian Lee and TNA, that was mm-hmm. my second best partner. But me and Jamie just had that fucking shit. I don't even know what it was. I don't know how to describe it. But can you? You know what I mean? You guys, when you, it, it, the word special keeps coming in my head. And I'm just yeah. gonna say it. You guys were special, yeah. uh, and that's that character that connects. Think about this: you have two guys who are in the world of wrestling undersized, but when you got in the ring, no one ever saw you as undersized. Yeah, you worked bigger than what you were, and you were bigger stars than anyone ever imagined. And it was—it's it, like I, I go back to that word "special." You guys had that special thing that connected to the people. I like just on the entrance there. Yeah. You were no different than than any other greats walking down to the ring. 
and then you went in the ring, and then you showed everybody you could hang with anybody. So yeah. for me, I love the whole PG-13 vibe, character. I, I think you two guys were – you. It felt like it felt like you two could read each other's minds because you had been in there so many times together. Yeah, absolutely. We could look at each other and know what spot we were going to do, even if it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> and like you don't get that anymore. You don't get that because that comes from guys being together for years. That's yeah. Ricky and Robert level connection. That's, absolutely. You know, that God, God, God bless him. Midnight Express level connection. Yeah. You yeah. know. The Fantastics, the Freebirds, PG-13 is right there. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, D-Lo. Uh, who are your what, – what made you want to be a wrestler, D-Lo? Bro, uh, so I grew up in, in the Northeast, and yeah, I remember seeing – at the time, I was not a big WWF fan because I didn't like the hokey characters, you know, the gimmicks. <laughs> right. And then I remember stumbling on NWA and seeing Dusty Rhodes laying there, you know, bleeding, like, you know, crawling across the ring, begging for his life. And I was like, man, right. I, remember t I remember telling my grandma these exact words. Grandma, I found real wrestling. <laughs> here's, here's Dusty crawling across the ring. He's getting beat up on, whomped on by the Russians. Uh, and so I right. started falling into it. And then as I explored more and looked around more, uh, found more wrestling on our TV. That's when I would get like a we did a, a super block of wrestling. So we would get uh, world class, mid south, AWA, and Florida Championship wrestling on a block of four of four hours, and it would come on like midnight on Saturday night, you know. But I I was up watching it, so I got to see it. So I got to see a little Memphis and a little Florida, and I got to see the Von Erichs, and I got to see you know Bill Watts's UWF. And so it just, it became this, it became this thing where I, I was invested. I really fell in love with wrestling because, you know, that time after the NBA playoffs and, and the only thing I was only sport out there is baseball. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm not the biggest baseball guy, so I couldn't watch it. Like I hate to this day, I hate Braves baseball because they take off a uh, superstation all the time. Uh, they yeah. take off, you know, Sunday <laughs> night on, on Saturday night on TBS. Um, yeah, but that that baseball doldrums. I had to find something else. That's when I stumbled into wrestling. And bro, then I found that wrestling had no off season, and I was like, wrestling just keeps yeah, going. And, and, and then, it's on every and week at five oh five, you heard, bam, there it is. The Road Warriors. All of a sudden, they come out yeah. and fucking maul people, bro. So that that's why I, I first started finding my my love for wrestling, like. It just intrigued me more than any other show on TV, like, this grabbed me. Dilo, let me tell you a funny story, man. This was uh, the WrestleMania weekend. You were there. Uh -huh. You were there for this. But <laughs> me and Jamie went to the bar with Hawk and Animal. So for whatever reason, me and Hawk are sitting there at the bar, and we're hugging each other and hammered, hammered. And we're hugging each other, and I told him, I said, Hawk, you're the person, you know, you, you made me want to be a wrestler. And we're sitting there hugging each other and crying at the bar. And uh, Jamie and Animal did not uh, drink anything or whatever. And Animal looks at Jamie and says, you get the big one, I'll get the little one. Let's get out of here. <laughs> me, and, <laughs> me, and, me and Hawk were just 
sitting there just hugging each other at the bar in Chicago. <laughs> Very funny story. <laughs> I, 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 I found one of the, and you will attest, the story you just told will, will, will totally go with what I'm about to say. It is amazing. And it's such an amazing journey when you go from fan watching it, you see someone on TV, and, and for me, That's this what, is Ron Simmons. Oh, yeah. And then, and then years later, you find yourself sitting with him next to him at the bar. He's telling stories, and you're sitting there looking at him. You're like, man, I cannot believe that I am sitting here right now. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And the dude, the dude I admired is right there, and it's cool to be here. You know, and it's like, yeah. And he looked at me. Like, do you do you remember? Uh, I think it. I can't remember, man, if it was WrestleMania or not. Okay, so you remember Ron got his arm hurt and he was in that sling, right? Yes. Okay. There was a night that me and Jamie and him were at a bar. I think it was WrestleMania weekend. I I don't remember, but he had his arm in the sling, and some dude come up like talking shit or whatever. And so Ron's, like, dominant arm is in this sling. And this guy comes up, starts talking bullshit, you know, wrestling's fake or whatever. And Ron grabbed this dude with his left hand by the throat and then, like, shook him around like a rag doll. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if there I was. I was right there at the bar. And, and and Ron threw this guy with his left hand and his right arm in a sling, threw this guy over the fucking bar, boom, fucking backflip, bloom, bloom, bloom. And then the guy went outside, and uh, there was, uh, you know, the big windows outside or whatever, and he pulled his shirt up trying to show his titty or whatever, and he – he cracked the glass, and the cops came and gave him. Do you remember that? I don't know if you're there or not. I I know of the story. I was not yeah. there, but I know of the story. Yeah, um, it was crazy, man. Ron, I mean, grabbed this guy with his left hand. Like I said, his right arm was fucked up from all that, you know, road warrior shit or whatever. He grabbed this dude with his left hand by the throat and threw this guy like side to side like I'd never seen anything like that in my life man and he, he pitched him over like a table it was crazy man it was crazy I will, I will tell you this and I think we should petition the government or whatever I think in the dictionary next to the word grown ass man is a picture of Ron Simmons <laughs> absolutely. Hey, man. absolutely because yeah. till, till this Till this day right now, when I grow up, I want to be like Ron. Till this yeah. day right now. <laughs> yeah. When I grow up, I yeah. want to be like Ron. Yeah. That is a man. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's a, and and it, like, it's, anything Ron does doesn't surprise me. It is one of those, oh, my God, I just saw Superman break someone in half. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> That's what I felt on that. That was so funny, man. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D.
Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. I love the, the time that you were wearing that chest guard. You know, I felt like yeah. the way that you used that, I feel like Roman Reigns, he was wearing a semi version of that chest guard, but not mm-hmm. to the comedic effect that you wore it. Mm-hmm. You know, basically the idea behind that was it was an element of protection. Tell me a little bit about the chest guard. So, and I've told this story a, a boatload of times, and every time I tell it, it gets, to me, internally, it gets more and more funny. Um, so I was, I was in the nation trying to find my, my way, and I remember uh, yeah. Jim Ross. I, he, he, you sit in the catering because, and 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 Wolf, you remember Jr. would just sit right there in the middle of catering, and if he wanted to talk to you, he'd hold court right there in catering. He'd come, come over here, <laughs> I want to talk to you. So I remember walking by, and Jr. said, "Hey, Dilo, can you sit down for a second? And and when Jr. asked you to sit down, well, that's the money man. You got to sit down. That's your dude. You need to sit down with him. So I remember him and pulling me aside. He goes, "Hey, Dilo, you know, you're a great wrestler um, for for being young." Um, you got a good look about you, but we need to find something that sets you apart from everyone else in the roster because right now you're just one of 30 good wrestlers. And, and he, had a, he had a valid point. And he goes, we need to find something that sets you apart. And he goes, I've been thinking, what if we, because your finish is the frog splash, what if we hurt your chest and put you in this, I don't know, a chest protector-like thing, kind of like Iron Mike Sharp had the, the forearm guard because of his broken forearm. Right. Now, there's two versions of this. As I'm sitting there looking at JR, I'm nodding in approval going, okay, okay, okay. But in my mind, I'm going, that's the dumbest idea ever. I'm going to look like Johnny Bench out there. What is he talking about? <laughs> so he goes, why don't you take some time and think about it, and, and we'll, 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 we'll discuss this again. So I remember going home and talking to my fiance at the time, and I explained to her, and I was like, babe, I'm going to be a laughing stock in the business. I'm going to have this, I'm going to look like, you know, I'm looking at a clown out there with this thing on my chest. She goes, babe, and it's, a, it's one of the most, the smartest things she's ever said to me. She goes, if you say no and don't try the gimmick, then it's your fault for failing. But if you say yes right. and make it work, think about that. And I went, okay. So I remember going back to TV the next week and telling JR, I was like, I like the chest protector thing. We call, I think called the chest guard at that point, not chest protector. Right. Like I, 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 like right. The, I like the chest guard thing. Let's, let's kind of let's get creative thinking on something like that. And then it was a couple weeks later, Dan Severn hurt my chest in a you know, throwaway match. I was out for about a month on TV. And that's when I came back with the chest protector. And I, I debuted in a match in Pittsburgh where – Rock was wrestling Ken Shamrock for the Intercontinental title, and I came off with that chest, with that frog splash, boom, on top of uh, Ken Shamrock, and that's how Rock got the win. And it was the the next night on Raw was let's walk out with chest protector, and and the rest is it wrote itself in history. And I'm I'm it was the smartest decision I ever made to say yes, let's try that, let's go with that because it did give me that thing that separated me from the other great workers because we had. 
we had a roster stacked of great young wrestlers. Stacked. I mean, it was like it was like having a triple A team stacked in pot inside of your you know inside of your main roster. That's how many good workers were there. And so yeah. it gave me yeah. that little edge to separate from the rest of the pack. And from that, it, it just took off. And I couldn't have been. I mean, to this day, people ask about the chest checker, and we're talking. That's twenty five years later. Who has somebody yeah, asking right. about twenty five years later in wrestling? That's awesome, man. Hey, let me ask you this. Last episode, we talked with uh, Luke Hawks and Heels. Have you watched that show? Let me ask you about that. Here it is. Ready for this? Yeah, absolutely. It has been queued up in my DVR, and I literally, and this is no joke, literally have planned on watching it when I get home. uh, Later, I'm going to watch the first episode tonight when I get home because I've been telling myself I want to watch it. It's queued up, and everyone keeps putting it over as, as really well done. Yeah, like it's a good absolutely. show, so I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know what? I gotta, I got. It's literally in my DVR right now at home. All right, all right. Well, what I want to say to you on that is, uh, the last episode of my podcast is with Luke Hawks. You know Luke, right? I know Luke very well. Yes. Yeah, and uh, he's the stunt coordinator. He's, I mean, the whole thing. Uh, if you watch the show, it's like Luke Hawks. This is his thing, man, and uh, it's it's so awesome, man. I, I I really want you to watch it. I watch it. I don't watch wrestling, Delo. I do not. Uh, mm-hmm. The only thing I see is just what comes up on Facebook or whatever, uh, you know, to keep up with the recent times or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is this is very cool, man. I like watching this, and uh, I think you should too. You tell Luke if, if his show ever needs a six foot three man of color, I got you, bro. I got you. Hey, I already yeah. told him it, it needs a, a six one man of you know whiteness. I'll, I'll put that <laughs> I got. You. Here's a question I never asked of you. Yeah, and it just it just popped on me right now. How did that play when you guys went home? What do you mean in your in your real lives, like, did anyone from Memphis or anything or wherever you're living at the time be like, dude, why y'all doing that? Was that ever after <laughs> no, you? it never came up, man. It never came up. They just – I'll tell you the story, D'Lo, is it's funny that – okay, so uh, Cornette was the one that got us that uh, deal. Uh-huh. Uh, and they sent us money to go get uh, – here, go buy these jackets, go buy these hats, gold tees uh you know rings whatever and i they told me what they wanted me to say and blah 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 and i wrote the rap mm-hmm. well i'll tell you this and this is this is so funny and i've talked about it on the show before uh i wrote the rap we went up there to uh the titans towers with uh jim johnson yep. and uh, a musical genius by the way absolutely man he was great he was great musical genius. Here was the thing. He told me, you know, what do you want me to say or whatever, and I wrote it. And uh, we went up there, we recorded it. And then uh, 96 Survivor Series, uh, Vince is uh, standing at the end of the ramp, and he wants to see his new thing or whatever. And uh, Jim Johnson had given us a... Uh, cassette tape, you know, when we came up there and recorded it, he gave us a uh, cassette tape, and me and Jamie, you know, it was kind of like Run DMC. We pitched it back and forth, you know, with the lyrics and whatnot. And uh, so it was, we are the nation of domination. Dinner, Link. 
and then it was supposed to go with the lyrics. <laughs> well, Vince is standing down at the bottom of the ramp, and it was, we are the nation of domination, doom. And we start singing, and then all of a sudden, we are the nation, it kicks in again. And we're like, oh, shit, that's not how it's supposed to go. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, a few more minutes before it kicks in. And so Vince was like, what the fuck, what the fuck? So we had to, uh, on the fly, uh, fix it. And you know, uh, D'Lo, that uh, Jamie is not the most uh, lyrically inclined person in the world. So I had to fix it right there in front of Vince. And that's kind of a funny story. <laughs> How long did it take you to write the nation rap? Uh, a couple of days, probably. A couple of days. See, now this is where I get I get interested. Where did the – I get you were given the idea of what to say, but where did the words come from? Like, how did you marry that? Because I love the creative – I can't write a rap, but I love the creative genius behind it. Yeah. So where, uh, where, did, where did those words come from? Man, honestly, uh, they just told me this is kind of what you uh, need to say or whatever. And my thing was because I knew they weren't going to put our name – and you know – I feel like this is special. I put my name and Jamie's name in the thing. In the song, yeah. J.C. Ice and Wolfie D. You know what I mean? Yep. And they did not, they were not, hey, say this or whatever, but I made sure to put that in there. So, yeah. And then here's the other thing. That's the true artist there is to, 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 to sign your work. And that would be yeah, the way of signing exactly. your work. But the thing is, here, here's the other thing. I'll tell you on this, and I've said this on a couple of other of my shows. Uh, they put, okay, so in that time period, there was the Stone Cold, you know, they got the WWE, the music or whatever. Mm -hmm. Nation music uh, was on that. Overseas, they had our voices in it. On the U.S. shit, they didn't. So in yeah. like... I don't know, 1998 or something, I figured this out. And so, yeah, you can't go, uh, you know, you know, sue Vince or whatever, but yeah, they did it on purpose. They took our voices out in the U S uh, mm -hmm. shit. And then, uh, in the overseas version, they had our, our voices in it. So whatever. For a quick interlude, here's that song right now. Yeah. 
I was always mad that I never got a um, a verse because you know, you know, Farouk had a verse and Crush had a verse and Salu had a verse, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, golly, can D'Lo get a verse in this? I don't know what you'd say, but I wish D'Lo would get a verse in this. <laughs> I would have put you in, man. I absolutely would put you in. I swear, man, and, and and I swear when we showed up, I thought, you know, because we knew you from, uh, you know, Smoky Mountain or whatever. Did you know those other guys? You you knew uh, Clarence, I guess. No, I, Did you know the no, other guys? Clarence, Clarence, that was all met in wrestling. Clarence and all his boys were all met there because Clarence was just a fan who somehow worked his way in. Mm. to getting that spot. So I had yeah. never met Clarence before. Um, now, Clarence and I have subsequently become friends, and we're still friends to this day. Yeah. But before then, no. Nope. That's funny, man. I mean, I, you know, because we show up, and like I said, I think I said this earlier, it's just like I knew D'Lo. I, I knew, you know, me and Jamie, whatever, but I didn't know the other guys in suits. So who was going to do this and who was going to do that? And, you know, well, what if, I mean? you, if you were, if you really want to get a little deep, all those guys, in suits were Clarence Mason's fraternity brothers. And he would really? find him in every, at whatever city we were in, he'd find a local chapter of his fraternity. And he would say, I need four or five brothers. And that's how it happened. That's funny. That's how he would get different nation members in each city that, that Raw was being taped in. All right, so let me ask you this. Let's get deeper. When did it come to you that me and Jamie were probably like, oh, they're going to get rid of him? It never came before. It was after the fact. It was it was showed up at TV and, well, Jamie Wolfie ain't here no more. Damn. <laughs> like, I, I had no foreknowledge. Like, it was kind of like, I always thought because of your connections with Lawler, you guys would be okay. Yeah. Because you know wrestling, it's about connections. It's about people right. who help right. take care of you. Right. Um, I always thought because you connected with Lawler, you guys would be okay. Right. Uh, it was it was literally the TV I came into after you guys had been let go. It was, all right, Jamie Wolfie aren't here anymore. we gotta, we got to pivot the nation this way. Yeah. And, and then, and you, you know, remember I, that? Do you remember that where uh, it was right after WrestleMania, they made us do the mm -hmm. thing with the Road Warriors, and me and Jamie said, fuck it. And we told, uh, you know, the Road Warriors, I mean, which were good friends of ours, and we were like, fuck it. And they were like, yeah, we get it. So we ran outside, and we packed our bags, and we were not going to do it. Do you remember that night? I I no I don't remember that night. You were you supposed to get, like, run over by the Road Warriors? They yeah, break yeah. Warriors? Yeah. You know what? Yeah, now, and we were like, fuck it. it. And so I we do remember that. Do, yes. Yeah, they were we going to steamroll you. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yes. And we went to the car, and uh, Jim uh, Ross and, and Shawn Michaels chased us out to the car. And they're like, uh, hey, we'll give you this money. We'll do this. We'll do that. Come in here and do this and do that. And we're like, whatever, man. I know what y'all are doing. And it was a thing where. Uh, Candido, because at the same time we were working for WWE, ECW, and USWA, so like everybody was mad at us. You know what I mean? It was like weird. Mm -hmm. So yeah, kind of a funny thing, but whatever. 
who hasn't I, I known was, the I, road? I, I, I wasn't right? mad. I, I wasn't mad at you. I loved you guys, so it's all it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> we loved you too, man. And uh, thank you for coming on here. Oh, Jimmy's fixing to ask you some funny questions. This is a section we call the current affairs. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. Now, welcome back to Current Affairs with D'Lo Brown. D'Lo, this is just a fun segment that I like to usually push on Wolfie to make him think on his feet. But in this case, since you're our guest, I'm going to have you enjoy that with us today. My first question or statement or question, if you were the booker of this match, how would you make it happen? And so they're talking of the possibility of Roman Reigns and The Rock at WrestleMania 38. Now, knowing The Rock as much as you do, and also, you know, the current product, how would you book that match? How would you bring that in and book that? Um, For me, as Roman Dean, the heel, um, it it would be something where Rock comes in, and you know Rock's this international mega superstar who's transcended wrestling. I would have Rock come in and Roman start taking offense to it in terms of, you know, he's being upstaged by The Rock because Roman figures it's right. to be the head of the table. So you show that that visceral anger for here's a bigger star than me. Well, no, I can't have that. And how we we, right. we, we navigate different turns and twists, but to me that would be the core storyline is it is just Roman being jealous of Rock's success. Rock isn't coming here to show off. Rock is coming here to help the family, but Roman is taking it as an insult that, that Rock is here invading his space. And there's your I love your core storyline that you can work with. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Now, the element to me is that, you know, he's, uh, Roman thinking he's the head of the table, but really yeah. the Rock is, is putting the, the food on the uh, no-eye table. And, and, yeah, you're exactly right. I love that. Here, here's, the, here, here's the analogy I would say. Roman can think he's the head of the table, but the Rock's the table. Right, right. He's that's the, beautiful. He's I the love core that. of everything. Like, you know, so that's the jealousy you get there, and that's, and, and it's easy wrestling because jealousy sells because everyone in their lives has been jealous of something. Right, sell. right. Yeah. Well, that's great. I think that's the perfect element uh, that you used there. So thank you for that one, D-Lo. Our next question in current affairs, let me just say this. In all honesty, no hyperbole at all, I am a fan of the Impact product. I've really enjoyed mm-hmm. the, the new uh, – you're welcome. I've enjoyed you and Matt on the commentary. I've enjoyed the element with Scott Demore coming in and, and kind of opening the door for other companies. I really truly say this. If I watch two shows in the week, I watch that one in AEW usually. So mm-hmm. I always enjoy it. So with that being said – you guys have brought in some great people. You know, Kaz XL, uh, W. Morrison. You've got a lot mm-hmm. of the guys, you know, like the Good Brothers and stuff like that. I've heard some signing rumors of a possible Braun Strowman signing. What could you do with him in, in the impact that others couldn't? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I, 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 I won't say either way which way we're leaning or if that's of course, of course. But if, if, if in a hypothetical world, um, yes. 
I mean, Braun's a man beast. I mean, and you could do, you could run rough shot with him. And the cool thing with him is he would go head up against other guys of his size, like a Doc Gallows or, you know, a W. Morrissey or, you know, Madman Fulton, where you've got other guys who aren't dwarfed by his size. And I think that would cause great, cool, interesting matchups. Um, I think yeah. I could create a, a, a monster, a monster heel or babyface, whatever way you want to go, um, with a man of his stature, of his of his um, his his wrestling skill and his 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 notoriety. So, um, whatever company lands a Braun Strowman, or whatever he'll be called, whatever company lands it, that guy um, will have a, a bona fide star on their hands because he's he's already. You know, he's a former world champion. That says a lot. I mean, that's right. a whole lot right. in his business. It was very surprising to me that he was he was released. I almost, you know, reading more about it, it feels like it was a money situation. He was in a contract they didn't want to keep paying or something. But anyway, you're exactly right. That's a star, and any company that gets him is going to be in a positive element there. So really, my third one is more of a, of a comment. Like I said, D-Lo, I've watched you since downtown D-Lo Brown. I remember that. Give us a little something about New Jack. You know, since his passing, we've heard a lot of people talk about, but can you say a little something about New Jack for us? God, God love him. And I will say this, and everyone knows New Jack in the ring, pounding on people, diving off the stuff. I, I'll give you a little insight that few people had, and I'll give you a little insight to Jerome Young, the man who is New Jack. And seeing him on the floor playing with kids and giggling and laughing and 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 picking kids up and, and spinning them around like tops just to, to hear them to, to hear them laugh. Um that's I was fortunate enough to get to know Jerome Young. And my own exposure wasn't New Jack. And if you didn't have the complete exposure, you missed ninety percent of the man. And 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 right. I, I know this this kind, gentle soul and people see that, oh, New Jack, kind of, no. The guy behind the character just enjoyed life. And he yeah. loved, when he loved you, he loved you. And if, and if, if you were on his bad side, you were on his bad side. But I just, I, can, I have a vivid memory right now seeing him laying on the floor and having kids just jump on him. And even though he was in pain from jumping off a, a balcony the night before, he didn't care because he was going to make those kids' day. So, right. That's that's new. That's new Jack to me. That's that's what I will go to my grave remembering about New Jack. Yeah, man, uh, Dilo, thank you, man, thank you, and and yeah. I feel the same way, man. Um, I I I rode with him a few times, and one of my favorite stories is him, and you probably attest to this, is uh, him putting his uh, forty of malt liquor in the back of his car in a in you know the middle of summer, <laughs> and then you get it out <laughs> to the show, and it would be like boiling hot, but he loved it that way. And he uh, likes warm, he likes warm beer. Yes, he did, man. He loved it. And, uh, you know, when I worked with him in uh, TNA, it was, uh, you know, Sandman. The, the whole ECW crew worked uh, the right. new church. Uh, and, and, man, New Jack was always cool with me, man. Me and him did some cool shit, and I always liked him, man. He was, he was a good guy to me. I don't know what he did to other people, but 
you know, just, just the same with, uh, with, with all the guys we, you know, we, uh, we all have our demons. We all have this, that, and the other, and we all yeah, work we together in different ways and, you know, whatever, man. I, I, I love all the guys and the guys that were cool with me, but D-Lo, I, I just want to say thank you so much. This was great for you to come on here. Thank you so much. Um, Wolfie, uh, Wolfie, thank you for having me, bro. Uh, um, and, and I'll take a side note here. Um, I've always considered you a friend. Yeah. I've always considered you a colleague. Um, I, I love the fact that we can talk about and reminisce about the days that we all love. Yeah. Uh, in this, and and thank you for having me on. Thank you for when when you reached out to me and I saw it was you. You can't imagine the smile was on my face when mm. I saw the text. I said, hey, D-Lo, this is Wolfie. And my, I had a grin from ear to ear because I knew I was going to talk to you and, and, and shoot the shit. So thank you. Man, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate that, man. Seriously, this is, uh, you know, Jimmy uh, that you've talked to here, the co-host, he, he, he's the one that has really done this, and i got to give him a thousand props for doing this. Um came to me and said, Hey man, I need you to tell your story. And, you know, I know you've got people that will talk to you and, and you're one of them. And, uh, so anyway, reached out to you and I, I really want to thank you for doing this. We're, we're, man, me and Jimmy are in the top 60 or something and the top 20 have cumulus on their side. So we don't have nothing on our side, but, uh, we're just doing it with people that, uh, we like and, uh, you know, people that have been in my past and you're one of them, D-Lo, and I really, really, really appreciate you. And I want to say thank you. You guys are literally like the Forrest Gump of wrestling. You're part of the, the history. You're part of when people don't even realize the history of wrestling, you look and you go, oh, shit, this PG-13. You guys are part of the history of this business, so keep doing this. Keep reaching out. you got a story to tell. you got a lot of people who will come on and talk with you because they love you. Man, thank you, D-Lo. I really appreciate that. that uh, you just gave me, uh, you gave me chicken skin just then, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, hey, D-Lo, tell them where they can yeah. find you online. Um, look, I'm them- easy to find. Hit me up on Twitter at D'Lo Brown seventy five. The only verified D'Lo on there. I will talk Impact Wrestling. I'll talk New School Wrestling. I'll show you some food that I made. I'll talk Chicago Bears football and Liverpool soccer. So hit me up. Um, and and I, I I'm big on. Tell me what you think of Impact. Tell me what you think of of me me and Striker out there as a commentary team. Tell us what you tell me what you think. I don't I don't turn anything away because. If you're talking about us, it means you're listening to us, which means you have an opinion and I want to hear it. And, and, and yeah. that's, that's how this business yeah. grows. That's how you have that connectability with the fans is being open to hearing what they have to say and not just saying, here, take this because it's wrestling. So hit me up. Um, that's the easiest way, and, and we'll, we'll we'll have a dialogue from there. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right, brother. Uh, Thank you. I love you, man. I love it. It was guys. great to meet you, D-Lo. My pleasure, dog. And Wolfie, bro, if I could hug you right now, you know I would. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll hug you back. I'll see you soon. And I, I owe you a hug the minute I see you. I'm going to run across the room like, you know, <laughs> old white women. We're going to run like with the music in the background and everything. 
right. <laughs> All right, bro. I really appreciate you. All Thank right. you. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. I got a cat for you don't. He got a cat for you don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still lobbing in color. Don't rush your mother, utilize a hubcap, unlike any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times, tired of suckers taking credit for 
what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping. Wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while and you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Bad skills, no faking, that is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for data. Not here to play games, so you better be real. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You set a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I'm finished, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Ruby D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.